everyone ashiya your host and i welcome you on demystifying linkedin today we have otijji sarkar as our guest on the show i'm sure that many of you know him uh, he's the one who shares a lot about mental health activism through his posts and videos on linkedin he is the founder of the volunders foundation uh, which is an ngo working in the domain of mental health Today he runs a team of 70 volunteers who volunteer their time to be there for people who are struggling with their mental health or who just need to be heard. The story behind the wall in us in the words of Otij is quite interesting starting from a point in his life when he didn't want to live anymore the idea of wallness took birth. Uh, the idea was simple to ensure that no one had to go through what he went through. So today the Wallinus has helped 10000 people across the world all for free who are struggling with uh, anxiety stress depression or you know simple things due to which they find themselves stuck in the loop of uh, helplessness uh, because they find no one who can listen to them the Wallinus gives them that shoulder gives them that voice gives them that support which helps them to share their thoughts or problems fearlessly so without any further ado let's begin this episode number 24 with otijji sarkar hey otijji welcome yeah. on demystifying linkedin Hi Ashi it's been it's a great honor to be here so thanks a lot for inviting me It's amazing to have you today on the show literally I uh, have been witnessing your work on LinkedIn regarding mental health awareness since many days now so uh, mm-hmm. uh, first of all a big congratulations for all the changes you have been bringing through your initiatives on LinkedIn these are commendable Thank you And Thank you. okay so uh, let's yeah. jump on to the question and let's begin with the, my favorite question which i asked to all my guests who is atija mm. according okay. to atija okay absolutely so uh, first of all it's oitijo uh, yeah. and uh, it's uh, in bengali and a is pronounced as no so you almost got me there but just <laughs> missed it by a whisker So uh so according to me I think I am somebody who is strongly driven by a why and the work that I do today is highly influenced by my own circumstances in my own past mm-hmm. and to that end what my life has taught me is that uh, pain is necessary and without pain there is no reason for you to look within to find the answers to want to grow so I'm somebody who essentially believes that uh the mental health a uh, movement around the world is some it, it needs something that's different in terms of a movement mm-hmm. and i like to believe that uh, this movement that's going to transform the mental health sector would be one that i like to call that only the broken can heal that only when you know what it is to hurt and have nobody else to fall back on can you be there for somebody else and ask for nothing in return so i think that's basically uh, like my core values and uh, who i am and what i do today and it's firmly driven by my past and my circumstances yeah oh great great that's a wonderful introduction <laughs> oh and and okay. i i am finding it difficult to pronounce it as otije is it right oitijo oitijo yeah you can call me oiti oiti okay okay let's that yeah 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 let's go with that oiti yeah 
okay so okay. you are a star on gora no doubt on that part uh, actually you know after connecting with you on linkedin i went to your gora profile and i came to know that yeah. you have been doing wonderful things there so like you have been many followers on gora with many answers with million of views so i want to ask like how and specifically why did you turn towards linkedin i mean was there any specific reason absolutely so uh, i think it's very important for any startup founder especially like for for somebody like me right or somebody like you ashi and anybody who's an early stage entrepreneur is very doesn't matter for profit or non profit uh, branding is part of your job right and when you're starting out especially in the non profit world when you're so stuck for resources you need to get creative to get things done okay so initially my literally like the 10 million views that are driven mm-hmm. on cora has allowed me to host recruitments it has allowed me to send thousands of visitors to the website every single fabric mm-hmm. that has been built almost 90% of it has been through cora right and as an early stage founder since branding is and uh, like finding this organic traffic is such an important part of your job description uh, once i found you know a certain voice on cora it was important for me to diversify and since i could not diversify inorganically which is by pumping in money to you know grow, grow my brand on platforms like facebook or instagram i had to get to platforms that are organic right so cora say i came on linkedin because i heard that linkedin has high organic growth and it i'm right. sure you know this it's incredible right. the amount of growth that's available and it won't last as long uh, in the future i'm sure and then eventually mm-hmm. so essentially what the reason i came on linkedin is because i think the platform is very mature as a whole uh, and i understood that very uh, like in the first two weeks as a whole there's a lot of individuals who have money per se uh to invest in a cause and also there are certain high net worth individuals that as a non-profit founder you know mm-hmm. i could convert or get them interested in the cause so that really drew me into linkedin and i think i am here to stay so after you know uh once the fundraiser is done which is what we are doing right now i am going to really go down on linkedin because uh, like the fundraiser uh the ho- a lot of funds that we raised has been through linkedin through my own personal brand on linkedin and i've been on linkedin for around 2 2 months 2 and a half months so it's been incredible and uh, i think any founder needs to start thinking of a linkedin strategy and uh, the growth that i've had although rather small uh, i think there is a lot of scope for future growth and i'm very excited so from cora to diversify i came to linkedin mm-hmm. and then now i'm moving on to other platforms Yeah amazing amazing i couldn't agree more about the organic growth linkedin is giving to business owners it's just a matter of time uh, and you can just boost up your business regardless it's a, a non profit or profit that's true yeah okay uh, yes. so uh, like you are one of those few people who i know who have uh, you know great understanding about cora and how does it work and all kind of stuff so uh, since you have right. been exploring linkedin as well uh, what are the differences mm-hmm. have you observed between cora and linkedin absolutely i think this really has to be talked about more because when i see you know linkedin influencers come to uh, cora i see them replicating what they are doing on linkedin okay so that's a problem because first of all there's a character limit obviously 1300 characters is literally nothing on cora right and i think for content to work on cora there it, there has to be a story it has to be hyper personalized and uh, the major 
like uh, the major tone of the LinkedIn platform is to establish yourself as a thought leader, which is something that I started to realize. So when I came from Quora initially, right, I was just trying to replicate what I was doing on LinkedIn and wasn't working. Uh, so initially, when I was trying out, I just started with just taking a bunch of pieces from Quora, the very old ones, and I was repurposing it for LinkedIn, and it wasn't working on LinkedIn. Okay. But with time, I've realized for LinkedIn as a platform, you need to share your thoughts in a way. It's very advice oriented. I think like as a platform, LinkedIn is very advice oriented and advice oriented content really works well on LinkedIn. But such such content, this advice oriented content for thing for things like this to work on a platform like Quora, it's going to be very, very hard. So the major difference I've seen between Quora and LinkedIn will be this. If even if you're sending in advice right even if you're creating content around advice you need to hyper personalize it okay you need to share a story around it to get people to care about that advice so don't just tell people that you know xyz show them how you came to find out about xyz and it's probably sounds simpler than it actually is but i have really observed this and the kind of content that you know people write or create on linkedin it's i am fairly confident that you cannot reproduce the same amount of engagement that you get on uh, linkedin on quora because it's highly advice oriented and the target audience i think mostly on linkedin on quora is a lot of millennials and gen z's who are teenagers who are you know who don't like advice they come mm-hmm. there to be entertained right. they can come there to be inspired they come there to listen to people's stories and stories really drive uh, quora content something that i've really observed at least the most viral content that has to be story driven other than that obviously the algorithm is slightly different uh, for example comments don't really matter on you know quora but comments as, as i'm sure you already know comments are very important on uh, linkedin Right? right so all of these parameters are different and in terms of distribution is still the same because initially when you have a small amount of following it's initially distributed to your followers mm-hmm. so once you write a piece of content or create a piece of content on both platforms and then mm-hmm. depending on that engagement it is shared to outsiders and so on and so forth so these are there these are the tiny tweaks that are there but the most important one is definitely the tone of your content mm-hmm. and for linkedin it's very advice oriented because mm-hmm. the idea is to establish yourself as a thought leader and mm-hmm. on lora it has to be highly story driven so that people are entertained inspired or uh, you know they get to relate and feel about that content that's the major difference i see other than the obvious algorithm changes between the two okay it's fe- it, it feels like that you have studied both of these platforms a lot uh i have read in one of your linkedin posts that you have compiled uh, some of the algorithm hacks about quora uh, so like yeah. uh, what are those hacks particularly like uh, how do you compile them or uh, all those hacks are around algorithms or they are more than that because see i think that uh, actually linkedin and uh, quora both are community driven platforms and there is a still Absolutely. a huge difference so obviously there are some fundamental differences one of them which you uh, just mentioned the tone uh, which is obviously different yeah. on every platform uh, be it on facebook tiktok and everywhere so uh, like just like that so the hacks which you have mentioned in one of your linkedin post as well so i want to emphasize on that part uh, that other than algorithms Uh, other than tone what are those uh, small things on quora which uh, mention uh, you know which matter the most as compared 
to the general hats yes you know so one of the things i really like to do is to run in uh, you know experiments so um, i think this is one of the most incredible parts of this job is that you also tend to start to love this you know yeah. because uh, most of it is dreadful you get into meetings you figure out how to do something and for example with a fundraiser you have to figure out so many things on how to do media outreach so this is most of it is boring stuff but this this personal branding stuff is something that has really started to get into because i it's it's like an incredible challenge beating an algorithm right mm-hmm. so i think uh, the major difference between quora and linkedin obviously that you can definitely beat the algorithm people get overwhelmed initially when they start out on quora and i'll just give it a cross so there are three things that i really focus on is uh, and this is what i teach people also so one of the things i do is i train some of my volunteers if they want to start obviously pro bono because i don't think knowledge should uh, you know be monetized so right. i train them to start on their own on quora and that's mm-hmm. how i started to see if what i knew about the platform was actually right or wrong and it has led to incredible Engagement. For example, last word that I ran on Quora, um, I think the first answers that everybody wrote it did almost three four thousand upvotes. Okay. Almost everybody's nice. first answer. So the things nice. that I know, it definitely works. And I'll tell you guys, uh, around seventy percent of this are just three things. Number one, it's finding the right question. So what people think is that um, you know, if you write good content on Quora, it's going to go viral. It doesn't work like that. the most important part is to find the right questions and here's how you do it so you find you scroll through your feed you find the most generic question possible most of them are something that's termed as survey questions okay so instead of write for example if you are a branding guy or like if you are somebody who is a coach then you don't find answers re- questions related to that domain what you do though is you find something that's a uh, very generic in terms of questions like for example what is the most incredible thing that you did today okay that's a very mm-hmm. generic question it's a survey question and then you plug in your content around it okay for example what's the most incredible thing you did today you talk about your coaching there mm-hmm. okay so instead of writing about a specific, like domain specific thing like uh, personal uh, personal coaching or lifestyle coaching or whatever you take a survey question and you plug in your content because survey questions have a lot of followers okay yeah. so these are very generic and they have a lot of interest because people tend to write hyper personalized content around it okay so okay. that's part one so you find the most generic questions of all secondly once you get a question you get into the tab like there's a statistics tab in every question mm-hmm. and once you get there you just click on it and you see the last 3 days engagement okay so if there is a lot of answers in the last 3 uh, days and if there is um you know le- less deletes in the last 3 days that means that question is something i like to call trending okay so if that question is trending that means if you write an answer for that question then more people who have like engaged with that question are going to see it okay so the reason i'm right. i tell people to do this is because initially when you're starting out you have like 50 60 100 200 followers so obviously followers you won't get a lot of engagement from your followers so you need to be smarter to have the same kind of uh you know distribution that somebody like me has with 15 16000 mm-hmm. followers so this will help you get to that distribution so number one find the right question and generally try to keep it as broad as possible most probably a survey question 
Secondly, check the number of followers that question has. If it is anything between 60 to 3, 4, 500 followers on that question, then that means uh, those followers are going to be able to see your content if Great. you write the answer around it. Okay. And then finally, mm -hmm. go to the statistic tab and you find out if that question is trending. And if it, all these three parameters are found, then that's a good question to answer. Okay. And other than that, I think for those who have already established a base on LinkedIn, one thing I really like about all platforms is that if you can establish yourself in one platform and you can't monetize yourself on that platform, I think there are a lot of values that you take away from being able to grow on a single platform. At least you know how to create content. So right. in terms of creating content, if you've been doing it on one platform for a really long time and you migrate to another platform, it's not going to be very hard for you to do that shift. Sure, mm -hmm. you have to experiment, you have to try new things, but in terms of content, it's rather simple. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, or two more things, just remember, always, always insert a picture. Like, I am tired of telling people this. So, Quora is mm -hmm. moving from just a question-answer platform to a blog. You'll see, the, you'll see these changes if you've been following the platform for a long time. It's mm -hmm. trying to, you know, migrate to a blog sort of a thing, like something that Medium has been doing for a long time, right? So okay. insert a picture in your answer almost always. That's about it. So you don't even have to engage on, uh, you know, uh, like Quora. I did not engage on Quora quite a lot, but I know some of the influencers on Quora, but I don't engage a lot. So that's, it's, it's something that takes a lot of, um, you know, trying and failing because even today I sometimes get only as low as 80, 90 upvotes, which is literally nothing. So I still fail, but I'm consistently trying. And, you know, as the platform evolves, there will be more monetization opportunities that will also open up just as Medium has these opportunities. Now I'm sure Quora will open that up too. And yeah, and I think that's basically about it. But if you want to know more, uh, feel free to reach out to Ashi or me and I'm happy to help out. Oh. That's great. Like these are some basic and some workable tips. Like uh, uh, these are, uh, you know, someone who is literally digging deeper uh, into an algorithm or a platform knows these kind of uh, basic tricks. So that's great. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so yeah, uh, I would definitely uh, share that link of PDF in this episode's description, right. uh, which you can share with me Absolutely. and which has uh, a great tips about Quora, how to actually it's like a hacking algorithm of Quora yeah. with the, some basic observations yeah. and basic tweaks in the strategy. So I'll definitely share that. And to all the listeners, please do check it out if you want to ace your game on Quora. Uh, it's not that difficult. It's just a matter of consistency. Uh, like LinkedIn uh, also, uh, whatever platform you are on, you have to be ready to be patient and consistent, regardless of what the results are you getting. So that's the Quick part. thing here, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I also think that more than patience, one thing that should be really, you know, hyper-focused on is the fact that, you know, some people aren't patient. Okay. I am not somebody who is a patient guy. Like <laughs> I, I just recently joined TikTok and I failed visibly at TikTok. Right. But I think what's more important as a generation is, is to be like, we need to be taught about persistence, right? You cannot be patient, but you, if you stop pushing, that's the day you fail, right? So absolutely, on, on any platform, I think if you don't fail, like if you don't get like two likes or three likes, then you probably got it too easy. You will never realize how difficult it is or how to really value what you have. Uh, well absolutely. said. Uh, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep trying. Uh, doesn't matter what are the number of likes or comments. You just have to keep doing it. Great.
okay so uh, let's uh, uh, go on to the next question so uh, you are uh, the founder of the volunteers right so uh, it's it's right. one of the largest volunteer and mental health organizations in india so uh, yeah. tell so uh, tell us more about this organization how does it work or uh, how do you create mental health awareness through this organization right so more than mental health awareness i think what we do is the biggest problem i think about you know uh, mental health activism is the fact that everybody who is trying to actively try to change what's happening they are all doing it in the field of awareness right so i saw the live love love foundation run by deepika padukone they are also trying to change talk about awareness and change perception so i differ from this ideology quite a lot i think that for a cause that's as um life threatening as mental health that's claiming a life every 40 mental health and mental illness that's claiming a life every 40 seconds i think we need to understand that there are certain things that will work and there are certain things that won't work and one of the things i think won't work is trying to reach people who don't understand as proponents and trying to convert them as proponents of the cause so i think one of the ways we have tried to go on about this is to find people who have actually struggled and hurt and had nobody else to f- fall back on and get them uh, to volunteer their time and attention to be there for others and the only reason this has worked is because the people we are trying to get on board are people who really want to make a difference because they don't want anybody else to feel the way they have felt so for the listeners of your podcast right those who don't know about the wall in us here's what we do so we do two things number one if anybody is struggling and hurting and has nobody to fall back on or just needs to be heard if somebody does not want to go for therapy they can come to my site and get access to a listener who's trained that they can speak to in real time anonymously for free and the way we have kept it free is uh, by recruiting volunteers who volunteer their time so we have students we have it professionals we have doctors we have lawyers we have people from all parts of the country and uh, some other parts of the world and uh, different professions coming together to volunteer their time who've been trained to facilitate vulnerability into the visitors so that they can get a chance to be heard and secondly what we do is we run this concept called safe space initiative through which uh, like we help create vulnerable environments where people can gather together to talk about whatever they're going through so that's basically i think what we do and we are a registered non uh, ngo obviously and i founded it 3 years ago and one year ago we started i started to take this more seriously uh, once i was in my fifth year of law school and yeah and we've grown to around 70 members across three countries okay, and nice. spread out all across the country now great good so uh, in the beginning of this uh, uh, question series you mentioned that uh, you are uh, who you are because of your past circumstances and everything so i'm sure that the wall in right. us is also the results of those circumstances so would you like to share Absolutely. that story uh, due to which you yes. began this initiative sure 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 so um So three years ago, I attempted suicide on February nineteenth, twenty sixteen. I was a diagnosed alcoholic with clinical depression, anxiety, um, suicidal ideation, host other uh, you know problems. And uh, I was put on medication, and I was abusing alcohol and my medication. And I finally tried to end my life. So 
after my attempt one of the things i promised myself is that i was going to find a solution for this i was going to find an answer for this uh and uh all i wanted to do was to just be there for people like me just ensure that nobody else had to go through what i went through and i did it for one person i did it for more and i started doing it for more and more people and i did it for hundreds and i realized that um the biggest problem at least in a country like india is the fact that mental health professionals are only 8000 in number right oh. it's so for a country that the world health organization has rated as one of the worst in terms of uh, living with a mental health condition or mental illness there are only 8000 mental health professionals who are equipped to deal with this so we, i i realized that we needed to rethink the problem in a way that was scalable and sustainable mm-hmm. right and that's why i started doing it and uh, one of the things i uh, firmly believe in is that if people could be taught to do i did not have any formal training i came from mm-hmm. a law background and yet i could stand here and say that hundreds of people are alive today because of what i did for them which was essentially listen to them right hundreds mm-hmm. of people i'm talking about seven, right from somebody who was a 17 year old to somebody who was a 75 to 80 year old I've heard all kinds of stories. I've heard I met prostitutes, I met transgenders, I've met so many incredible individuals that the world had never had time for and yet they are alive today because I was there for them. So mm-hmm. I I have firmly believe that even outsiders can be proponents to the mental health cause and mm-hmm. uh, I am living example of this and now my volunteers are living example of this and I think that together we can change the world. And so it started from you know a desperate attempt at finding meaning in my life and mm-hmm. from there it has come to helping 10000 people across the world and uh, never charging them a single rupee for it so it's been an incredible journey and yeah and that's why the wall in us is what awesome. it is awesome that's great uh, i mean uh, volunteers are doing it for people and uh, these are not just you know few people but hundreds of people you are changing lives of them so Uh, big hats off to whole team of the volunteers you are doing Absolutely. incredible work they are the most they are the most incredible people like i just hope that some of them could actually get the kind of appreciation that you know they should be getting because some of them right. spend like 40 50 hours in a week being there for people and none of them get paid anything so it's all they are only doing it because they just don't want somebody else to feel that way and wow. it's been an incredible privilege to be leading such a team great great yeah. uh, keep doing and i i believe that uh, all of the listeners who are listening this episode they will also reach out to you if they are uh, you know some of them are suffering uh, through that kind of anxiety or stress or those kind of thoughts and also they will share it among their peers who may uh, need absolutely. this absolutely it it brings me to the next question like uh, you whatever you are doing is definitely driven by community so how right. has linkedin community helped you so far in your initiative i am so grateful to the linkedin community uh, it's been like two and a half months right ashi mm-hmm. like i think yeah. we connected one and a half to two months right. ago right when i joined and yeah. uh, in that time uh, the growth has been like sporadic because i have been been able to you know hyper focus on this in the way that i focus on cola but the most important part that i realized is the fact that you know followers likes and comments don't do anything for you on linkedin the mm-hmm. magic of linkedin is in the messages is in the dms and for those who are still doubting if linkedin can help you doesn't matter if you're for profit or non profit let me just tell you that since we started the fundraiser i've been able to raise around 30000 from linkedin alone 
Wow, super. Only through my connection. Finally, yeah, someone said it. Someone absolutely. highlighted the importance of LinkedIn messaging, man. I have been absolutely. preaching about and it. Yeah, I see. I I have listened to almost all of your like brilliant job. By the way, if you guys are listening to Ashish's podcast, great stuff. Let her know by dropping in a review. Phenomenal job you do with your podcast. By the way, yeah, I think it was episode nine or ten. I think on your own demystify LinkedIn podcast, and I think where you talked about messaging, and it's so true. I think. so many people were so happy to donate and uh, i think once you pump out content is just that brand recall right because when i was reaching yeah. out to people on linkedin most of them already knew me and they were happy to do it like i did not have to like push them to do it like after one after message after another i told them and then they did it and they told me that so many of them told me that i've been observing what you guys what you have been doing it's incredible and i'm happy the largest donation one of the largest donations was through linkedin and uh, almost to the tune of 10000 rupees and it's so incredible because i never even met her right i haven't even spoken to her properly and she donated such a huge amount because and she wrote in in the message in the in, in the comments that you know i always rooting for you itijo right and such a beautiful heartwarming thing and i genuinely genuinely think that if it doesn't matter if it's csr there's so much donations here there is like you can get clients through through linkedin if you are into b2b b2c i don't know there's linkedin can be used for anything and everything i'm so so hyped up about the future of my brand on linkedin at least and i'm going to follow ashi and i'm sure i'll grow as i follow her <laughs> great great uh, i would be always there to help you out no problem in that so since you mentioned about your fundraising campaign tell me more about it like what is it about and uh, how are you going forward to it what is uh our model is such that we did not want to charge those who came to us right so of right. these 9000 10000 people who have spent hours speaking to our volunteers we never charged them because a major problem is the fact that a lot of people who come to us are students number one a, a lot of them don't know what therapy is they have been to psychologists they just have nobody in their life to talk to so all of these hundreds and thousands of stories we've heard from divorce rape abuse trauma lgbtqi anything you can possibly think of it has all been free and that is why our model works so when i was trying to rethink of how we can really make a difference in the world the major make major problem was scale right we need to do something that could scale and i think for us to be able to do that the barriers to entry for those who are hurting had to be really low okay so uh that is why we've been able to do so much good so far and since when i started to think about this one thing became very clear is that uh, our model should be something that relies on generous donors so that we don't charge the people who come to us for help which is why we decided to do the fundraiser and before doing it we wanted substantial data that we've already helped so many people and uh, so many people's lives are like so many people are alive today because they came to us and once we had enough data we're going to base our success of the crowdfunding or the fundraising off of that data so that's what we did and uh, if any of any of your listeners they are passionate about the cause of mental health feel free to uh, check out the uh, fundraiser it's on keto/the wall in us right so uh, yeah I'll, i'll i'll do one thing uh, this is my request to all of my listeners uh, just for once check it out even if you don't want to donate or anything like that just check it out uh, what is it about and uh, what the volunteers is actually doing so that you can get an idea that uh, how much uh, you know as a country 
we are literally lagging behind when it comes to mental health activism so uh, you will get to know a lot of insights through the website and the work uh, the volunteers team is doing and uh, secondly uh, please share about this uh, link or the fundraising campaign i'm sure uh, it will help you it a lot and your team uh, so i'll definitely Absolutely. attach uh, the link of this fundraising campaign in this episode's description so that people can check it out and uh, i believe that uh, awareness is also a big factor to let people realize uh, that uh, what kind of uh, you know uh, important uh, aspects of mental health we are lacking of so yeah i'll Absolutely. definitely attach the link and uh, it's my request to my listeners that please go check it out and see uh, what exactly is this campaign about great uh, great uh, okay so really uh, let's yeah no problem no problem i mean uh, i believe that you know this is the biggest advantage of these platforms or you know podcasts and all that you can share uh, your ideas to one to many and let's just move to the next question um Absolutely. okay so uh, if you have to pick one of the best things uh, you know each from quora and linkedin uh, what uh, will be those things one from quora and one from linkedin yeah i think the sense of uh, you know uh, actual interaction in linkedin is really great and uh, overall i think as linkedin as a platform evolves like if there is like once you introduce advertising if they choose to do it for personal brands i think like there will be mass adoption because so almost everybody on linkedin has money to advertise themselves right whereas this is something that is frowned upon on quora quora as a platform if you're trying to monetize yourself on quora it is genuinely looked down upon when coaches try to sell their services there's been huge backlash i've seen people actually leave quora altogether and uh, when somebody tries to sell their books like and does it very uh, like manipulative in a way that manipulative or just trying to sell their books there been huge there has been huge backlash there has been trolls attacking them it's incredible whereas as a platform i think the general consensus is understood that everybody is there on linkedin to sell themselves which mm. is brilliant which is something that a mature audience has and i see this constantly on linkedin which is brilliant which means there's going to be incredible growth here as more and more people join and i'm so excited to see how far uh i can push myself wait okay so it's it's basically about the selling point if we say that linkedin is more about selling point and since people know about this fact so they accept it well as compared to the community yeah. on quora so quora is more absolutely. about expressions like uh, you know to create awareness and also, kind of stuff absolutely it is better quora is better for b2c okay, okay. rather than b2 it's great to send traffic to your website if you're selling products or whatever mm-hmm. uh, i think it's quora is perfect for you if you do it in a way that's smart but uh, for as a selling platform linkedin is way better okay and, and okay, okay yeah. that's that's a nice distinction okay so mm-hmm. last question for today uh, what's the one linkedin Absolutely. tip which you would like to give to our audience uh, on this platform it's probably best that you do it but here's here's my observation i think one thing that really drives me as a person is hyper personalized content and i see a lot of people faking it genuinely on linkedin in a way that i have seen like because of the kind of domain i'm in i have been what two and a half months i have already received hundreds of messages that i can't even keep up with anymore of people oh. who are depressed suicidal uh, like it's incredible it, and the 
funny part is when I go to their profile to check up on uh, you know how, what they're doing in real life, I see such glossy, incredible life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see people talking about best viral marketer, growth hacker, and I'm like, God damn! Like, so I think I think vulnerability and authenticity is very important. So if you're looking for a job, be authentic and vulnerable about it. If you're struggling today. Be authentic and vulnerable about it. Stop faking it because you will be caught. And those who actually has money or those who can actually help you, these are people who can, from a mile away, identify if you're actually faking something or if you're true to who you are. I think that's fair. Awesome. So just awesome. be authentic and vulnerable. Absolutely. Wonderful. That must be the bottom line of all the kind of content which anyone is sharing on LinkedIn, be it a business or an individual. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, you know authenticity is more about sharing about failures as well not just about successes and all the Absolutely. shiny things so yeah and uh, that's a great advice that's indeed a great advice i think so yeah uh, with this mm-hmm. uh, i must say that i learned a lot actually you have been doing incredible work i wish you best i wish you all the success in all of your campaigns and i yeah. really hope that uh, uh, whatever you are doing it uh, definitely reaches to a destination the goal which you have set so all the very best Absolutely. keep doing the thank, great work thank you ashi thank you so and, much for inviting me it's been an incredible pleasure and uh, i am certain that great things await you thank you so much it was a pleasure to host you as well So this was episode number 24 of Demystifying LinkedIn. I hope you learned something new today as I did for sure. And don't forget to check out all the links which are in this episode's description, be it Otijes or the Walliners, their fundraising campaign or their website or that Quora PDF with all the tips and tricks to ace your Quora game. So this was all guys and uh, please, please, please do share this episode among your social media networks so that people can come to know that there is a foundation like the Walliners which is working out there to help people fight their fears of facing themselves or uh, their fears of expressing themselves. So please do that. It will mean a lot to me. It will mean a lot to OTJ as well. And if you have any questions regarding his foundation or uh, you want to ask anything regarding this fundraising campaign, uh, please feel free to ping me or OTJ. I will attach his LinkedIn profile. So with this, I sign off. See you all in the next episode of Demystifying LinkedIn.